Well, Happy New Year. How are you? So next time you see me on 880 and I'm doing this, get out of my way. It's not clap on, clap off. It's you clap off. Get off. I'm out. I'm going somewhere. Hey, it's great to see you. My name is Cal. I'm part of the pastoral team here. It's great to talk to you this last day of 2017. Can you imagine that? Last day. We're entering a new year in 2018, and we want to talk to you about focus, and it's great that I get to share the platform with the greatest junior high director in the entire world. Isn't that something? Oh, you can do better than that. Come on, let her have it here. Let her have it. Yeah. Yeah. Make her nervous. Make her nervous. I remember when my youngest daughter was five years old, and I really kind of missed my oldest daughter's moment in this time because I was in the military at the time, and I was always gone somewhere and I came back, and I was in this conversation, and my five-year-old daughter came up to me and said, Daddy, why are we here, and how did we get here? <laughs> Remember, I missed that conversation with my oldest daughter, so I'm like clueless. I knew this was going to happen, but I just didn't know when it was going to happen. And I really didn't know how to answer that, because I didn't know, was she talking about why are we in Nebraska, because that's where we were at the time? So I proceeded to tell her this is how we got to Nebraska, and she said, no, Daddy, why are we, we, people, here? So then I yelled for Tina, my wife, can you help me come in here? And I realized what she was really asking is what we all ask, maybe at five, but probably for the rest of our life. Daddy, God, what is my purpose? Why am I really here? See, we get so many mixed and negative messages growing up. People that we love or say they love us and tell us that, Hey, you'll never amount to anything, or hey, you're stupid, or hey, you're never going to do this right, or you can't do it. And so we're really not sure what the purpose that God breathed in us is. And that's a big question. It's a huge question. What is my purpose? And it's why at the very core of who we are as Crossroads, that on this last day, I want to remind you as we move into a new year, what the mission statement, because it's got this all in the mission statement. So can I remind you what it is on the screen? It's to lead seekers to love Christ, to love others. You'll hear about that again in a little bit. And to help me live life on purpose. Exactly. But we all go through different seasons of this question, what is my purpose? We go through the seasons of what should I do with my life like after graduation. Remember those days for those of who had that? Maybe it's after graduation from college or grad school, whatever it might be. Now what? Am I going to use this education or am I just going to pay it back for the rest of my life and do something else? That can, what, what does that mean? Or after marriage, what is my purpose now? Does this change things? Or what about this one? After kids, do I go back to work? Do I stay home as a mom? What happens? What roles do we play? How does that affect purpose, what we do? And does it jive? Does it gel together? Huge question. Huge moment. And we've all been breathed the same DNA by God to answer these questions, but yet some of us are running so fast today in 2017 that we're not even sure how we got here. How many of you woke up this morning or sometime this week and said, man, it sure doesn't feel like it's the end of the year. It went like that. Somebody, everybody is saying that because we're running so fast, we're not even real sure what our purpose is. And then some of us were at this stage of life. We asked the question, I'm at this stage, what's next? What's next? And then there's this question that really breaks it down to be a little more serious. And, and, and we all probably get there at some point. And this is that. Is this all there is? 
Is this all there is? As a matter of fact, I, I want to give you an, an illustration of that particular statement, question, by a famous football player we all probably know, maybe you don't, I'm not going to presume that all of us are football guys or gals, but Tom Brady, quarterback for the New England Patriots, has been, had a pretty successful year. Had a pretty successful year. Some of us are going, nah, she's doing that. But he's had a pretty successful football career. Five Super Bowls. I found something that he said to a 60 Minutes interview after he won three Super Bowl rings. And listen, not everybody that plays for the NFL even gets to the Super Bowl, much less wins one. And at this time, he'd won three. And I want you to hear what he has to say about that. Brady has already become a bigger star than Carl Yastrzemski, Larry Bird, or Bill Russell. It's what you always wanted. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It has. And I didn't think it came with all the other baggage, though. In addition to his success on the field and his sex appeal off it, there is also the $60 million 10-year contract to play with the Patriots. I mean, I'm making more money now than I ever thought I could ever make playing football. <laughs> but with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. I love playing football, and I love being the quarterback for this team. And But at the same time, I think there's a lot of other parts about me that I'm trying to find. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean... Maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. And I just want to take Tom Brady and grab him by the shoulders and say, I know. I know the answer. I want to give it to you. And if you're here today, maybe you're asking that question because I believe Inside of every one of us, there's something because it's God-breathed in every one of us. And we can't get away from this. That you want to do something, not just to earn money, not just to put your name in lights, and not just to gain rings, but that would really make a difference. That would really make a difference. That is breathed inside of every one of us. So today, what Becca and I are going to do, we're just going to ask a few questions together to help you discover that purpose and becca's going to come and ask the first one all right everybody can you guys pull out your outline for me for a second yeah okay so if you come here on a regular basis you this probably looks a little different to you right it's just a little bit different so you're going to see at the top it's going to say a bunch of different questions and that's kind of what cal and i are going to do today is this message is going to be a little bit more introspective you guys get to make your own fill in the blanks um, which is kind of fun, because I really like doodling, so you can draw pictures, you can write notes, whatever you want to do. Um, but the first question I'm going to ask you today is, what is your focus? And I think this is one we probably ask ourselves on maybe a regular basis or maybe even on a subconscious level, like, what am I doing? You know, I do that a lot. <laughs> so, uh, I, and I think we just always do it, and so much so that, do you guys, does anyone here uh, know Pastor Rick Warren, anybody? couple people. Um, have you guys ever heard of the book, A Purpose Driven Life? Yeah? Okay. So that book actually sold more copies than any other book ever. And I was like, whoa. And it's because people are searching. They're searching for an answer to the, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? What is my focus? And I think as a society sometimes, and maybe just as individuals, I feel like we've kind of lost our focus. And like, I know I'm one of the biggest defenders of this. I'm not gonna pretend that I'm like super focused because I'm, I'm probably like a little ADD. Um, so 
you'll very often find me running around the campus like, hey, Judy, what are you doing? Come talk to me. And like going over to Lance and bugging him. And like often they really just like want to lock me in my office because I'm just so like want to be around people and super distracting. Uh, my spirit animal, if that's a thing, is actually probably squirrels. Um, and he's so cute, right? Like, I love him. Um, but that's me in a nutshell. Like, I, I'm always just kind of all over the place, bouncing around. But I, I want to talk to you guys today about finding focus, because I think that's something that I'm going to work on in the new year, because one, I need to, and two, I'm an adult and I have to. Um, but I'm going to tell you guys, we've all, we all try and gain our focus, but sometimes I think we try and fail a little bit. And I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about one of my attempts. So in 2014, I embarked on a journey of a lifetime. And I decided to travel the world for six months. Um, I thought it was a fantastic idea. Um, it was interesting. It was great. I had tons of fun. I learned all about Jesus um, on a deeper level. It was a discipleship training program through YWAM, if you guys know what that is. Um, and it was awesome. I thought that I had found my purpose. I thought that trying new food, meeting new people, discovering new cultures, and doing things that I could have only thought were Instagram worthy was where I needed to be and what I needed to do with my life. Um, but I was wrong, <laughs> as I am often. But ironically, I believe that we are created to, what we are created to do is often not what we anticipate or expect. Um, and I learned that through trying things like chicken blood soup, which is going to come up on the screen. This is one of the yummy meals I got to eat when I was abroad. Um, it's actually pretty good, except like that blood clot thing in the corner was kind of gnarly. Um, but aside from all the crazy things I got to do, what I learned from that trip was that if I wanted to find my focus, I had to figure out what God's focus was for me. Does that make sense, right? If he's the one that gives focus, then I probably have to like look to him for that kind of thing. Um, so once, once I did that, I learned a couple things. That one of my favorite activities I did abroad was actually when I got to work with this um, creative initiative or this student initiative in Scotland that worked with inner city kids. Um, there's some pictures of them on the screen. Those are the nice ones. Um, but I got to work with some really awesome kids, and I learned that creating fun, safe, and really just environments for kids to come and be themselves and just take a weight off was really where I think God wanted me. And that was really ironic for me because, like I'll tell you later, I'm not a big fan of children. So this all just kind of was weird. <laughs> but I'll get to that later. Um, so sometimes I think we have to sort of sift through things that we think are our purpose in order to get to our true purpose or our God-given purpose. Um, we have to learn also to maintain that focus, right? <laughs> That's hard. Um, a great skill that we all should probably be learning in the new year is maintaining our focus. Um, we can't get distracted. We can't be the squirrels. Um, as much as I love them and they're so cute, I, I have to choose to be a little bit different, right? Um, and a verse that I was reading and really kind of struck me and was like one of those wake-up call moments in my life was um, Luke 9, 62. It says, anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, that was rough, right? That's hard. I don't, ooh, you know? And like, I'm here doing what I feel like God's called me to do, and sometimes I get distracted too. 
Like this, you have to maintain your focus. It's a constant daily thing, right? In, in anything that you do, really. So another question I have for you, it's not on your outline, but I want you guys to write it down anyway, is how do you maintain your focus? And I'm gonna give you the answer. I'm gonna give you the answer here. I'm not, a, I'm not like mean teachers. I'm gonna give you guys the answers. The answer is you have to make a habit of reviewing your priorities, right? You have to write down what you want your priorities to be and what you think your priorities are. And then I want you to compare and contrast those a little bit because often they look different. And we have to figure out how to make those look the same. So I'm actually gonna give you my list of priorities or what my goal list of priorities are, okay? Um, it's actually like an acronym, just like Pastor Paul loves, so this was perfect. But um, have you guys ever heard of like the JOY acronym, Jesus, Others, You? A little bit, maybe, not really? Okay, I'm gonna explain it. So the first one is a J and it stands for Jesus. The first thing on my priority list has to be Jesus. If I'm not in his word daily, if I'm not having my time with him in the morning and making that important and a priority, then nothing else really matters if I'm being quite honest. Um, so that's important. Community, small groups, being around the people here, your church family is so crucial. Okay, so that's the first thing on our priority list is Jesus, okay? The second one is others. And this one is interesting because it actually has its own little priority list to go along with it. Um, we all have lots of people in our lives, or maybe you don't, and I, I'm sorry. Um, make that your goal, more friends? I don't know. Um, but the first thing is you have to have your spouse or, you know, your like significant other, I think has to be the first one. If you don't have one of those, then it's your family. Um, don't be like, yeah. So the first one is my husband, right? He's gotta be first, I have to put him first. Um, and then it's your family. And then it's your friends and your coworkers, or for me it's students, right? So there's gotta be that list. You guys have to make that list on your own. I can't make it for you. But that is its own little kind of sub list category in our acronym. So Jesus, others, and then the last one is you, um, or me, whatever. But to spell joy, you need a Y. So you. Um, and that is so that we also are focusing on ourselves too. Because we, to, we have to focus on ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, um, and spiritually if we want to maintain that focus that God's calling us to. And I think that's really important um, as, we, as we maintain our focus in the new year. So I'm going to close with this, and then Cal's going to come back up. But... Um, there's this other verse that I want to read that I think is really good, and it says, first Tim, or it's in 1 Timothy 4.16, and it says, keep a close watch on all that you do and think, priorities. Stay true to what is right, and God will bless you and use you to help others. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but before I do, Cal, you want to come back up here and talk about fuel? Yeah, so the second portion of your sheet asks this question, what fuels you? So we're trying to break this down into focus. So what fuels you? What's, what are you passionate about? You know, for me, outside of Jesus fueling me, and I tell you what just recharges me is I'm a runner. So if I don't get a run in, recently I had some surgery where I, I couldn't run for two weeks, and I'm like, I'm just draining because I can't get out and run. It, so you may want to ride a runner. I, for me, I can't draw a runner on that. I'd be a stick person, you know, with tennis shoes or whatever. But whatever fuels you, what, what inspires you? Guys, what gets you up in the morning? What should get, what do you, do you like? I, can I give you an example of somebody who's always inspired me? And I don't know that this guy is a Christ follower, but I used to love watching this guy on TV before he died 
doing his passion. Maybe you recognize this guy, Steve Irwin. When this guy was around animals, you could see his passion. You could tell. I mean, he'd hold a snake by a tail, and you'd be nervous for him. But he was so passionate about it to the point when he passed, his daughter and son, his entire family is walking the footsteps based on his inspiration and passion. What fuels you? What are you giving absolutely all that you are to? What is that for you? I hope that you're not just going through life one step in front of the other, just trying to make it every day. Because I know we can get to an end of the year like this and think that that's what it was like. That we're just surviving. And I'm just challenging you today to think deep and put some artistic creativity on that paper. What fuels you? Even if it's just asking the question, God, help me to discover this. Because, see, God poured something in each of us. He poured himself into us. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, I knew you. This is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. I knew you before I formed you. Before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you. So, see, guys, even if you have been told by people that you love that you'll never amount to anything, that you'll never be good at anything, if you've been told and, or been given that message somehow in life that you're dumb or stupid or can't do or can't learn, if, you, if you've been told that nobody will ever appreciate you, that's against the very truth of the Word of God because God says, I know you. And I knew you before you even were formed in your mother's womb. Before you were born, God says in that verse, I set you apart. I appointed you. Appointed you for what? To make a difference. This is God Almighty. And in the New Testament, apart from the Old Testament, it says in Ephesians 1, Paul is speaking to the church of Ephesus, and he says, before the world was created, God had Christ choose us, me and you, to live with him and to be his holy and innocent and loving people. Friends, God knew you before he ever thought about creation of the earth. He knew you, knows your name, and can I say to you, you're the apple of his eye. You, and you have to believe this, but that's really tough because that's the big question. Do you believe this? Because those messages in real life coming into your real ears all throughout life can really overtake you and depress you and challenge you from believing the truth of words God. Even things that have happened to you can make you doubt that God loves you because if he loves you, why is this happening to me in my life and my family? And he says he knew you. So how do you gain this fuel? How do you get this? As Becca says, I mean, you got to take those priorities and you got to really focus on them. But how do you make that happen? I'm going to give you an answer today, and I want you to write it down somehow, jot it down somehow, maybe even write a, draw a watch if you want to, because here's the answer of, of fueling. You have to learn the habit of managing your time. Time is a commodity, and it seems like nobody has any more of it anymore. <laughs> One of the things that we encourage you to do to grow spiritually and to focus on your spiritual life is to get into a life group. I hope you are contemplating doing that. I urge you to do that in 2018. But one of the biggest reasons that we hear people are not in a life group is, I don't have enough time. You have to learn to manage that because we all have 24 hours in the same day. 
We have to manage this time. Matter of fact, Proverbs has a pretty harsh word. When Solomon was writing in his journal, he wrote this. Chapter 12, verse 11. It's stupid to waste time on useless projects. (laughs) What is your useless project? Maybe it's playing the new video console that you got for Christmas, adult dad, all day long. I don't know. What is your useless project? I heard people that go out and and get a hotel room for the entire weekend, for the entire weekend, and binge on Netflix movies. And maybe that's okay once every 10 years, but once a month? I mean, maybe that's a useless project. I don't know what it is for you. I know that it's really difficult for me because sometimes we get locked into these things and we think that they fuel us when they're not. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's just too much of, I don't know what it could be for you, but I know that time is a commodity that we have to really guard. And so I want to close this one out with three kinds of time that you need to schedule. Because if you don't schedule it, someone or something will schedule it for you. Have you discovered that? If you don't schedule it, and it's just three times here, three types of time. So the first one is what I call prime time. You got to schedule some prime time. What is prime time? So you can write a little description. This is when you're at your best. This is doing things to keep you at your best. I'm going to give you two illustrations from my life. As I said earlier, I love to run. I'm a jogger. I'm a runner. So I love to stay in shape. So I make time. That's prime time for me. People say, I don't have time to exercise. I make time for that because it's prime time for me. Even if it's getting up at 5 in the morning and hitting the treadmill, I make time. It's prime time for me and my body as I grow and age to stay in shape. The other one for me is because Rebecca said this is part of my priority, and I love it. My wife, I've been married for 40 years this year. 2018 will be 40 years, and here's why, because I put that as prime time. Every Wednesday, my wife and I are on a date. We're on a date every Wednesday, and we guard that because it's prime time. I want that to be the most important element in my life outside of Jesus. You've got to decide that. And then secondly, there's grind time. Now, grind time are those things that you have to do because you have to do it. It, it, No matter if you like it or not, whether you like it or you got to pay bills, that's grind time, isn't it? I hate sitting down. Now a lot of it comes out automatically, but I've got to figure it out and kind of organize it. I hate washing the car. I hate going to get oil changed. All those things that you just have to do, that's grind time. And I would recommend that you kind of do as many of those together as you can. You know, like if you half a yard to mow, mow the yard because I hate, that's grind time for me. Now, some of you, that's therapy. For me, that's what they do when you get, you know, you miss heaven, go to hell, you do yard work. That's what hell is all about. It's grind time. And then thirdly, there's unwind time. And this may be the most overlooked. Because see, even God didn't suggest, he commanded that we keep a Sabbath. And friends, I'm just going to tell you right up front, this last day of 2017, something that you may not want to hear, but not keeping a Sabbath, rest, that's what that means. A moment to rest is actually sin. And yet we don't. Sometimes we think rest is, well, I'm going to go on vacation. And then we schedule grind time on vacation and we take our phones and our emails and everything else and we come back from vacation and what do we need? A vacation from a vacation. We never got rest. We never had any unwind time. And God says, you need rest. If God needed to take a day, which he didn't, he did it for us to model that. But he did it for that purpose. 
I don't know when it is for you. I, it, don't get legalistic. It doesn't have to be Sunday. Sunday's not a day of rest for me. Uh, we've been here all morning, and I'm tired. And it's not going to be, I'm going to go and rest, but it's not the type of rest that's unwind. <laughs> so you've got to figure out what that means for you and rest and unwind so that you can be the best you that God has breathed into you. Amen? That's what that means. So Becca's going to come back and share that last one. All right. So this is the second to last question, and this is probably one of my favorite questions to ask most people I talk to, especially junior hires. The question I'm asking is, what is your dream? And when you ask like a junior hire this question, you get some weird answers and some really funny ones. Like kids are always like, I want to be in the newest Star Wars movie. I'm going to be a YouTube channel star. I'm like, what, what is that? Like, what, what do you do? Like, and things like that, you know, where like they just give you their cool like kid answers. And I'm like, yes, you do that. If you want to be an elephant, be an elephant. Like whatever I'm telling you, it's weird. But whatever you want to do, do it, right? Because I think teaching kids to follow their dreams at a young age is really important, but I think there's another component that we're missing that we're gonna talk about now. And how do you discover the dream inside of you? And like I was saying earlier, I thought my dream was traveling the world, eating weird food, discovering new cultures, and meeting new people. But that wasn't the case. I tried it, and I realized it was something I enjoyed, but it wasn't the dream God had for me. So I was dissatisfied. And when I got back from my trip, I knew God was calling me to something different, something that terrified me quite a lot. Um, it was student ministries, and I, like I said earlier, I don't like children. I don't want children. Um, and all the parents out there are like, amen, mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm talking about. But then I came to Crossroads, and I got to meet some really cool kids. Maybe some of you are here, but... I get to work with some really awesome, really different, <laughs> and really amazing kids. They are one of my favorite things, or one of, like, they're like my favorite people to interact with because they always keep you on your toes no matter what they're talking about. But I realized that abroad, I realized that my dream and God's dream for me, even more importantly, was to teach junior high kids. Um, and I know that's weird. And I love telling people what I do because I often get the same response. They're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I work with junior hires. And they're like, oh. And, like, and I'm like, no, 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 I, I, do, I, I chose to do that. And they're like, oh? And then like, they start questioning my like, mental stability, um, which is fine. I don't care. But I love what I do. And the way I figured out what my God-given dream was is I asked a question when I got back from Scotland and I was like jobless and had like, I knew I wanted to do student ministries but didn't really know where to start. Um, I asked a question, uh, who needs my help? And I want you guys to write that question down as well. Who needs your help or my help if you wanna make it personal? Um, and this is the question we need to ask ourselves when we're looking to figure out what God's dream is for us because there's tons of opportunities to do this but we're never gonna figure out what our dreams God's dreams are for us or what they actually are until we get over the fear of that question and just have the guts to ask it, right? Okay. Um, like I said, I did not want to work with kids, but I think that's kind of how God is. He's very ironic, right? He's like, oh, you don't want to work with kids? Okay. Just sit right there. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then I become the junior high director and I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Like, there's no better job. I love this. It was, I was made for this, and it made sense, and my purpose and everything just clicked. My focus, my purpose. I might still be a squirrel sometimes, but like, I get it. I know where I'm going, 
And that is one of the best feelings, especially as we get into the new year. That is one of the best feelings to have. Um, so when you ask yourself the question, who needs my help? I have two habits I wanna share with you guys today to help you maximize um, your answer to that question. The first one, and I full, full-heartedly believe this, is we need to constantly be developing a habit of lifelong learning. Okay, like we always go to school and we go to college, right? We do that to like do something afterwards. Like we learn what we're gonna do and then we do it, right? And that's the same thing with this, is we need to constantly be learning things if we wanna keep doing things, okay? Um, I actually have a verse, this is kind of where I got this principle, but Proverbs 19.8 is gonna pop up on the screen. It says, those who get wisdom do themselves a favor and those who love learning will succeed. Our, the starting point for us in this new year is we have to develop a habit of learning constantly from each other, from books, from uh, podcasts, whatever it may be, but we have to make that a priority. If we want to cultivate something in our heart, we have to go for it, right? We have to start somewhere. And then this leads to the second habit, which is developing a habit of lifelong service. And this is what God calls us to. In 1 Timothy 4.15, it says, continue to do those things. Give your life to doing them so your progress may be seen by everyone. If we want to develop a habit of lifelong learning and lifelong service, then our life is going to be forever changed. And this is what I want you guys to focus on in 2018. If if we want to be focused and if we want to continuously align, align our dreams with the Lord, we have to practice these two habits. It's just, otherwise it's not going to work, right? So I actually have a little illustration for you. Um, so for Christmas, I got this mug, right? Which, okay, I love, okay, I love coffee. Does anyone here drink coffee? Like, are anyone like avid? Yeah, amen, mm-hmm. Okay, I love coffee. I start every day off with it, and usually I don't function without it. Like, my dad always says, don't talk to her until she's had her coffee. Like, that's just my thing. Um, so anyways, I got this mug. I actually got two of these mugs, which you'll see why in a minute. I got two of these mugs for Christmas. They seem pretty average. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just a mug, right? Like, bland, boring, whatever. But then, I feel like this is kind of like our dreams, like our personal dreams. Like, oh, I have this, this one dream or whatever, you know, here it is, okay? This is our dream, our dream, all right? But then I think when we start to realize that our dreams aren't gonna work out until they're God's dreams, and we realize like, hey, I need to be talking to the Lord about what he has for me or I'm gonna constantly be met with like dissatisfaction, and we allow him to start like kind of filling us up, things start to change, right? Give it a minute. But things start to change, and our once bland and boring dream starts to turn into something, uh, so you guys can see it over there, starts to turn into something really extraordinary and kind of out of this world, if you will. Um, so I'm a Disney fanatic. Anyone else? Like, I love Disney. So this is actually what it's going to look like when it's all finished. But that's why I got two, because I like love The Little Mermaid. Um, I got two of these from two separate people. But, but think about it, like, if this is our dream, like, the, before, if it was our dream before, and then we allow God to use us, and our dream can be like this, it can be something extraordinary, something amazing, then I think we need to go for that, right? Don't just settle for whatever. Be filled up, be fueled, be focused, and find the purpose that we talk about here at Crossroads all the time. 
because we no longer have to be stunted in creativity or attention or power, but we can actually be empowered and equipped to do great things when we allow God to fill us up. And isn't that what we want for 2018? I do. We want life with purpose. We want something that matters. And that's what I'm challenging you guys into 2018. What matters? So with that, I'm gonna have Cal come back up here and close us out, but just remember that. Don't forget to draw your pictures, okay? Hey, let's give Becca a really good hand. She did a great job. This is phenomenal. Really good, so proud of her. So on the last part of your sheet, the last half, it says, what is my response? So this gives you an opportunity and you'll have a little bit of time to really kind of think about that. But I wanna give you a scripture. I wanna close with a scripture today that really captures what we've been trying to say to you from the heart of God, written in the book of Psalm, that really goes deep into where we are. And it's my life verse for the most part. And I hope it can become yours. Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us, Lord, to number our days and recognize how few they really are. Help us to spend them as we should. That's a very difficult verse to really put down inside of you. <laughs> because we're living life right now so fast that it's like we're going to be here forever. And it's like the people that are in our lives are going to be around forever. Yesterday morning, my wife and I got a phone call from someone very close to us that's in heaven today. <laughs> Just happened yesterday morning, and it wasn't expected. Because we're not going to be here forever. God says, not that I want to close this in, with anything morbid, but just in reality, guys. We're closing a year and we're beginning a new one in less than 24 hours. Teach us, God. I don't know what you would draw with that. Someone else drew a calendar with that to number our days. Teach us, oh Father, to, to spend them as you want, as you breathe into us. Because see, every one of us, me, Becca, every one of us in this room is going to stand before God one day. And we're going to have an evaluation of how we spent every day of our life with God. So what we're trying to say today as we close this out is don't let another year go by, friends, and regret not doing things that made a difference. Don't let another year go by. Matter of fact, I'm going to challenge you not to let another day go by. That you would regret not doing something that day that made a difference in someone's life for the glory of God. God has given you his DNA. You have God's DNA breathed inside of you. So the question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it in 2018? So would you close your eyes all across this place? I want to pray for you, with you. And, and we don't normally ask you to close your eyes all the time, but just today I want you to, if you don't mind, just close your eyes. Why? Because we're trying to focus today. And every now and then closing your eyes and not looking around just gives you the ability to focus on what's been said, what God is trying to say through the Holy Spirit to you right now. And some of you are just screaming inside, Lord God, save me. 
I want meaning, God. I don't want to just go through life putting one foot in front of the other any longer. Save me, God. Save me. And some of you are literally saying that today because you've never experienced asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come and live inside of you, to infiltrate your heart, your soul, everything about you, to become your Lord. And this is that moment. And you don't need to raise a hand and you don't need to go to a front, but you just simply say inside, Jesus, I believe you. You died for me. You rose for me to forgive me and to help and guide me. Become my Lord today. Save me. Save me. Maybe you're just trying to figure out what's next. And that's very difficult, especially the older we get. What's next? Some of you, you're in this room today, and you're saying, I just cannot keep living the way I'm living. I can't do this anymore. I need a change. God, as you've given mercy, if you've given grace, and it can be fresh every day, let life become fresh for me today. I want focus. I need you, Jesus. I don't want to live the same way any longer. I want to make a difference. Show me, guide me. So, Father, I pray for every person that you'd give a sense of clarity, that you'd give courage to live every day to make a difference. Father, that you would go and become Lord in their life. Guide and lead and direct in every way. In Jesus' name, amen.